Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast. This is Jared Shaffit and Artemis Brower. We're coming to you this week with episode 10. We're in double digits already. Welcome to double, double digits. digits. We've reached 10 episodes. 10 episodes. It's honestly flown by, man. Yeah, it, it, it really has. has. We, it doesn't feel like we started this thing two and a half months ago, but yeah. we, we have. And, <laughs> uh, we, we've seen some great growth since we since we started this thing, and it's mm-hmm. it's been a wild ride already, and I'm looking forward to where we're going in the future. So, uh Thank you, first and foremost, to all of our listeners. If you're new to the podcast, this is a podcast that we just started about right, right when the coronavirus started, so right yeah, around like, mid-March. Yeah, well, first week of March, I'd say. Yep, and yeah. then, we, then we took like a week or so off to, to get really back into the swing of things, trying to figure out this social distancing thing, mm-hmm. which, I mean, we, we do to an extent, but... I mean, Artie's not six feet away from me. I'm sorry to tell you. About but, three and a half. Yeah, but... If that upsets you... I guess that just upsets you. Yeah, <laughs> please don't drop off the episode right now. We have a great episode lined up for you. Um, some of it we're really excited about this mm-hmm. this interview that we've done today. Um, I know last week we talked about dropping the Worth Gregory interview. We're we're not going to do that, guys. We uh, we decided to do a different interview. Mm-hmm. Drop it on this week. We think it's more current with everything that's going on, um, and we w- wanted to have more of a fun interview going into our. Memorial Day bonus episode that we'll talk a little bit later about. Um, we'll, we're going to drop, let's just talk about it right now. We're going to drop an episode probably Thursday or Friday already. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be really um, crazy. It's not going to be a bunch of, there's not going to be a m- bunch of information in it, but it's an excellent interview. If you are a fan of fun and a fan of ECU football, and ECU in general, you're going to want to pay gonna, attention to this one. You're going to want to listen yeah. to this Worth Gregory interview. We had, honestly, already, like, no offense to anybody else, that was my favorite interview that we've done so far. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was funny. I mean, he was just, he was, he was really laid back, really cool, really down to earth. Um, and it was, it was just a blast to ask him questions and, and to have that interview. So I'm, I'm looking forward to people listening to that one. Yeah, so am I. So, um, but this week, we, we kind of teased that we were going to have this guy on mm-hmm. um, on Twitter earlier this week. Um, we're we're going to have – Artie, you want talk, to talk about our guest? None other than the interim chancellor of East Carolina University, Ron Mitchelson himself. Um, I just like, want to say I think he's done a phenomenal job with everything that's going Agreed. on with COVID and, and, and having to balance um, – when to go back to school and, and, and when to, to do this and when to do that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I know I could not do, even though I, we didn't go to school to, you know, become a chancellor or whatever. And it's, it's something I don't think anybody can imagine themselves doing. I think he's done it phenomenal. So um, that interview with him, cannot wait for people to hear that one. Um, good interview. Uh, asked him really tough questions. We didn't, you know, we didn't, you know. We didn't beat around the bush. We didn't beat around the bush, exactly. We asked him things that we knew Pirate Nation would want answers to, and so I, I'm, I'm excited for people to hear this one. Yeah, so so am I. I think right now, and in so many times in the past, ECU needed that true leader to kind of lead us into the next steps. And right now, there's some tough next steps that, that mm-hmm. need to be taken by ECU and, and interim chancellor Ron Mitchelson. He'll talk about that. Right in the interview, we we really dug deep into some of that stuff. We we had about a 30, 35 minute conversation with him mm-hmm. about how ECU moves on right. from the coronavirus. The, the state of East Carolina, the state of our sports, the state of just everything surrounding 
campus life, student life, academic life. You'll get that all in this interview. So, Yeah, so, um, Artie, I think I don't want to keep anybody waiting any longer. I say, right. I say let's go ahead and do the interview now. How's that sound? Let's get to it. All right. So here's our interview with Interim Chancellor of East Carolina University, Ron Mitchelson. So this week we are pleased to be joined by uh, a former geography professor at East Carolina University. He's now currently the Interim Chancellor. Uh, welcome to the Boneyard Podcast, Ron Mitchelson. How's it going, Ron? Uh, I'm doing great. I hope you are really pleased to be with you today. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're surviving through all this. We're we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to get through it day by day, like like I'm sure you are as well. But um, how how's the day to day life been? I know you've been super busy over the past three months, two or three months uh, since all this has started. Yeah, it's it's been a um, uh, a lot of planning. You know, we're 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 bound and determined to open up in the fall. So we had all of the reactionary stuff that we needed to put in place uh, in order to um, keep the spring semester going, the summer, and now we're uh, deep into planning for for the fall and opening up in the fall. We're going to do everything we can. Day to day life is crazy. I had my uh, mm. my youngest son gave me a haircut today, so I'd look. <laughs> Yes, I, I, uh, my, I think I talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. My wife tried to give me a haircut, and it, it didn't go so well. About five minutes in, I was like, Savannah, you got to stop. Uh, <laughs> put, I said, put the kitchen shears away, yeah. and, and I'll figure it out later. So, um, so yeah. Um, I wanted to kind of talk to you first off a little bit about becoming interim chancellor. I know there was a lot of stuff going on at ECU. Um, for you to become interim chancellor. But like I mentioned in the intro, you were previously a geography professor. Um, what, what was that kind of transition? Like how, how did becoming the interim chancellor, how did that come about? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, um, in addition to being a professor for many years uh, uh, at University of Georgia first, and then later here at ECU, I've been at ECU for 22 years now. So uh, I was also um, the vice chancellor for research uh, here mm -hmm. to you. And then uh, the last, uh, I think, five years, I've been the provost, chief academic officer. So um, in, 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 at most schools like ECU, that's sort of the second in command. So, uh, you, you know, I, I, I know the workings of the university very, very well. Uh, the, the history lesson it, it isn't a great one. You know, one of our favorite uh, people on the planet is Dan Gerlach. And... Uh, uh, that went south, as you know, and, and uh, I'm still a fan. Dan and I stay in close contact, but when that uh, when that issue arose, um, I was asked to step in. And uh, I, I basically, when it comes to this institution, I don't say no. So if there if there's a need, I, I'll try my best to fill it. Yeah, we we greatly appreciate that. Um, we we we've seen that since you've come on. You you've been a great um, leader, especially through these challenging times. So. I kind of wanted to go into that first is the the handling of the coronavirus, the COVID-19. Um, how, how hard of a decision was it to finally say, all right, we're going to we're going to have to take everything online. How hard of a decision was that for you? You, you know, uh, we, we were very fortunate. Um, 
in the system, the UNC system, the president uh, is Roper, uh, Bill Roper, and, and uh, uh, Dr. Roper is former uh, chief of the uh, Centers for Disease Control and really has been a fantastic leader throughout this. Uh, if we had been left to our individual choices on this, it would have been much more difficult. But, but basically, it was the system. The system drove that decision. We supported it 100%. And as you know, we're already pretty, pretty established as uh, North Carolina's leader in online education. We yep. have well over 6,000 students exclusively online to begin with before, before COVID-19 showed up. So our transition, although it wasn't difficult, uh, was much easier than uh, probably some of the other institutions. I do think the system did a great job in, in providing us uh, guidance uh, throughout those early days. And, you know, in general, public health was the number one issue. We, we had to make sure that students uh, were protected from this thing and that the faculty and staff were protected from this thing. So we knew we couldn't be together as, in as much density as a university campus provides, but that we had to get out away from campus, get back to our homes, telework, get online for our instruction, and uh, I'm, I think the students did a remarkable job. I mean, they really, uh, class of 2020, I've said it a hundred times, you know, they're remarkable and I'll never forget them. Hey, Chancellor, this is, uh, this is Artie here. I, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, my, my hat goes off to the class of 2020. I mean, everything that they had to deal with, um, unforeseen circumstances and still, you know, able to pull it together and, and still graduate and, and do what they had to do. I, I couldn't, I don't know if I could have done it as a senior when I graduated back in 2018. So. <laughs> Um, yeah. But, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my, my question for you is, realistically, when do you see a, a, a return? I mean, we're, we're a sports podcast, so obviously, you know, we cover everything ECU sports. But, you know, right. as far as ECU coming back in general, I, I know there's a lot that goes into that. And obviously, we want to be able to, you know, we want everything to start in the fall. But realistically, I mean, have you gotten any kind of clues as to when school will actually start back up? So um, our plan right now is to open classes on August 24th here in Greenville on campus. That's the plan. And uh, there's a hard lot of already there's a tremendous amount of hard work that has to take place if we're going to do that. Mm -hmm. I, I want people to to think that that's going to be easy in any in any fashion. That's going to be for us to come back in August. It's going to mean uh, it won't be like any fall that we've ever had. You know, it's it's going to mean probably some social distancing. It's going to mean um, uh, a smaller number of uh, people in each one of those classrooms. It's going to make sh we're going to make sure that the, the rooms are cleaned and sanitized uh, much more frequently than we would have in the past. We're going to have to probably do more testing than we ever have in the past, more tracing. Uh, there's so many things that are going to be different. In general, this is the way I view it. If we're to come back and be together on our campus, it's not going to be as much, uh, there won't be as much freedom as we're used to. And there are going to be some restrictions on freedom. And everybody's going to have a responsibility in this. Uh, if, if, um, if we're supposed to wear a mask, we're going to wear a mask. If we're supposed to wear a mask, I'm going to wear a mask. So uh, we haven't quite got to the final determination of, about what the behavioral changes will have to be. But um, rest assured, if we're to come back August 24th for classes, um, then uh, there'll be some changes. We're planning. So the, so the goal is to start on time, but there will absolutely be changes to the normal. Like it won't be a normal process. There will be absolute changes to the normal, you know, way of, of, of student life on campus. 
absolutely. We, we, we're just going to have to uh, bite the bullet, make sure that everybody stays safe. I, I, you know, we'll, there'll probably be temperature testing and th things that we wouldn't normally do. Mm -hmm. uh, the added expenses, added effort, less freedom in order for us to all to be back here on campus. I still think it's the preferable thing to do. I think it uh, um, certainly from an athletic standpoint permits us more freedom than we're going to have. If we can't bring the students back, then we can't bring the student athletes back. Right. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Yeah, 100%. And um, since, since we were kind of on the subject of athletics, I, I know that tomorrow, tomorrow being Monday, May 18th, um, there, there's a special board of trustees meeting going yep. on. Um, can you kind of give us some insight into um, what the what the conversation has been in the previous board of trustees meetings, but also into um, kind of what the topics to be discussed will be on tomorrow? Tomorrow, yeah. So tomorrow the trustees um, will be in formal receipt of a sustainability report that comes from a 10-person uh, committee. Uh, and it had representation from athletics, from academics, uh, from uh, administration and finance. And that report has a set of recommendations in it. Um, that report provides us an, uh, an analysis, most of it financial in nature, pretty explicit, very revealing that report. It will be public. It will be public uh, about the same time that the trustees meet. Uh, and the, the recommendations in there are... Um, um, they're pretty broad in, in nature, but uh, they, they, they do deal with the things that we know that we have to deal with, uh, right. that, that we have been dealing with. Uh, we, we know we have to um, improve the situation uh, on the oper annual operating um, deficit. And so that's really what it's all about. And uh, that'll be a public meeting. And so um, it, much will be laid out. I, I, the, the actual action items will come a little bit later. Um, the, the report provides us a set of recommendations. The actual actions that will be taken um, probably will follow in, in uh, days to, to, a, to a week. So it'll be fast paced. It'll be fast moving. Everything's on the table. Right. And I know you previously said that there's some hard decisions to be made. Um, in regards to athletics, um, maybe some insight into what that might be. Um, I know you said probably in the next two to four weeks, I think this was last week, um, that you said that there's a great report on it by uh, Ronnie Woodward of the yeah. Daily Reflector. But um, what, what, what does the hard decisions, what do those look like? So the, the intent is to reduce um, uh, operating costs um, by um, not tens of thousands of dollars, but um, millions of dollars. Right. And, and there's no easy way around that. Um, the, that intent uh, dictates a lot of things that we'll do. You can imagine reducing um, the annual operating costs through um, reduced travel, um, perhaps some impact on recruiting. Uh, there'll be personnel. There are, uh, there are a number of positions over there that have, um, have been sitting um, unfilled and, and maybe, um, you know, deleted. Uh, sports are on the table. Um, and as you know, we, we definitely have a large number of sports compared to 
to um, the schools in the American. And, and so that's on the table, that's being discussed. So um, all of that is there. Um, uh, I think um, uh, if you want to think of it this way, the, the main event where the actions, the action items to be explicitly taken will follow, they won't be tomorrow, they won't be on Monday, but they'll follow soon thereafter. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and Chancellor, I was kind of leading to my, my next question. I mean, there's been a, a kind of slew of schools that have had to make really hard decisions, you know, from Minnesota to Cincinnati, you know, dropping yep. them in soccer programs. Bowling to, Green just right, two days ago. Uh, to Old Dominion. Um, and so that was, I was, you know, really wanting to find out if ECU was considering and, and, and willing to, you know, drop certain sports programs in order to, you know, I guess save the university in a, in a, in a, in a, in a sense. Yeah, sustainability is the key, and, and I think the, the simple answer is it has to be yes. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I, we, 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 so that's, that's the difficulty, right? I mean, I, there's nothing uh, worse for us than, than um, hurting student-athletes, and, and uh, um, so th these are the most difficult decisions that we can possibly make. I want to emphasize these are going to be institutional decisions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if there's heat to be taken, um, I want it to end up right here. Yeah, and kind of going along with that, um, who who else is going in to making the making these decisions? Who else is who are you talking with? Um, are you talking with anybody inside the athletics department? I'm sure John Gilbert's part of that, but um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, I suspect that John and I have had one-on-one um, um, -on -one meetings, group meetings, uh, probably three a week for the last three or four weeks as we've gone through this process wow. together. Uh, the other group that we've listened to, of course, is the sustainability um, committee, uh, a 10 person committee. I've talked this over with um, uh, the trustees um, so that they know that difficult decisions are about to come. Uh, so I, I think um, we've taken as much input um, and, and deliberate analysis as we can possibly take in to, to arrive at difficult decisions. And something a, a, a little lighter here, um, you know, before this whole Corona COVID thing happened, what were some of your goals as chancellor that you wanted to enact uh, for, for East Carolina? I mean, what were, what were some of the things that you really wanted to get in motion um, on campus? Well, the, one of the things that we've been working on really hard for, um, I'd say, uh, two years under new, under new leadership has been admissions mm -hmm. and enrollment. And so uh, for, for us, it's the lifeblood, right? It's, right. That's the moneymaker. <laughs> it, it, is, it is the moneymaker. It it, and it doesn't matter if you're talking about the athletic uh, fee that, or, or tuition, mandatory fees, uh, if we don't have healthy incoming uh, freshman classes, uh, transfer classes, and graduate student classes, if we don't, if those aren't healthy, none of us are healthy. So we have worked really hard on improving that situation. Last fall, I don't know if you knew this, but we had a very successful fall last mm -hmm. year, uh, in direct result, I think, from the efforts that we put into um, improving admissions. And so we had um, the largest increase in freshman class size in the UNC system last year. Wow, I, I did uh, not know that. Yeah, and, and it was the second largest freshman class in the system. NC State was uh, larger, but ours was the largest increase. So we've really uh, made over um, our approach to it. It's much more digital, it's much more contemporary. We're using 
um, really high-tech um, uh, approaches to analyzing where the prospective students are and then getting the right messaging to them. So all of that has undergone tremendous change. Uh, we have a new admissions uh, director, Stephanie Whaley, who is really a great professional and a breath of fresh air for us here. So we're working hard on that. Um, we also had a, uh, an improved graduate level situation. In fact, I was looking at the graduate numbers for, for um, fall, enrollment in the fall already, the graduate numbers look fantastic. Now, COVID-19 hasn't done us any favors. Recruiting, but this is true across the board. Every university is going to face this uh, impact of uncertainty. Uh, I was on a, a Facebook chat thing with uh, prospective students and parents just this week. Uh, we had, uh, I think, over uh, 300 uh, parents and a couple hundred prospective students on that chat, and, and they were asking the questions they need to ask. Are you going to be open in the fall? Of course, the answer I give is the same answer I just gave you. We intend in the fall and so right. come on, we're we're going to make this place safe for you and we're going to it's going to it's going to cost us a little right in terms of uh, in terms of freedom and, and and cost of operations but it's the right thing to do so um, so that that's certainly one of the things that that we've worked uh, really hard on as you might expect from a chief academic officer yeah uh, reigning in um, the cost side you know over the last 12 months uh, we, we really have addressed budget deficits, not just in athletics, right, it, it, at the university level in general. Uh, we had shortfalls up, uh, in, in tuition receipts and, and the like. So we've, we've adjusted as, as you have to when you're running a business. Um, if you look uh, 12 months ago, uh, we had 200 more employees on this campus than we do today. Mm -hmm. so we've worked really hard to reduce our costs. So. Uh, you know, that's another big project that we've worked on and we've worked on it um, together. So we've got a couple other projects that I'm, I'm pleased about. You know, the student center was huge. Yeah. Uh, the next facility um, improvement online is that huge uh, bioscience uh, tech building that we're building on uh, 10th and Evans. That's going to be a showstopper. Wow. And so so that thing is going to be a very, um, I mean, we want students engaged in research there. Across the street, we have 22 acres called the Warehouse District. We're going to do economic development things across the street there from the biotech building. Uh, this region is pretty well known for pharmaceutical manufacturing. We yeah. want to work with them very, very well uh, over the next few years. So we got a lot of things that we're working on, a lot of projects, and I'm excited. I mean, I think we've got a bright future here. We just got to straighten a few things out. Yeah, and we're, we're, we're excited about that as well. Um, I kind of wanted to go back to what something you just said a couple moments ago about the preparations going into reopening for the fall. I know we touched on it a little bit earlier, but one of the things that, I mean, I'm kind of inquisitive about is what, what preparations are being made maybe internally in the, in the actual buildings um, to kind of improve the health for, for students, for current students, faculty, administrators, what, what are thing, what things are being done? Um, yeah, yeah. so, so we're, we're, we're fortunate in the sense that the campus is, is largely empty right now, right? I'm, I'm speaking to you from Spillman Hall, by the way. I, oh, wow. Yeah, and, and I come in uh, uh, 
my daily routine is right here in Spillman. I'm the only one here, uh, <laughs> except for Miss Edna. I took uh, Miss Edna's I picture. I saw Miss Edna. Yeah, Miss Edna's like a hero to me because she keeps this thing spotless. So the buildings are relatively uh, empty right now, and it gives us an opportunity to go through them and clean in ways that we probably wouldn't be otherwise. You know, we have eight uh, planning teams hard at work right now. Uh, one is called the calendar team. So uh, we intend to have our normal academic calendar, but we're dividing the semesters up into two blocks. I don't know if you heard about this. Mm -hmm. Two blocks, each yep. one and a half weeks. Uh, we'll have a little fall break between the two blocks. Students will take two or three classes in the first block and then come back and take two or three classes in the second block. So the same, the same course load for students and for faculty, but arranged a little differently, gives us a little more flexibility, nimbleness, just in case things go south. Part of our flexibility planning. Um, we've got another group looking at testing. You know, we, we, don't, um, we don't know whether we need to test every single human being on the way in. Uh, that's a question. Uh, most of the health experts say no, but, um, but you can imagine parents might think otherwise. So we're, we're going through that. Uh, we're, we're making sure that the facility used. Right now, the six-foot rule is important to us, and it reduces the capacity of our classrooms. So those, that all needs to be um, uh, figured out, and there's a, there's a team working on that. So the work that is in, in, involved is really important. Our engagement with the outside world is really important, right? Uh, I mean, we've, we've, we've definitely got a handle um, what we want to do, if, if we make this uh, um, university community safe as a bubble uh, and nobody gets in, nobody gets out, uh, what are we, you know, so we have to create some rules on travel, on visitors, uh, you, you know, uh, attendance at Dowdy Ficklin's going to be a big old decision. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to have the, the final say on it. I, I think the NC2A spoke of it um, recently and basically delegated it to the conferences. And so I think the, uh, you know, the Americans got some work to do now about uh, thinking through, um, you know, what they want to happen. The governor could have a lot to say about this, right? All of the rules that, that the state um, um, could uh, impose, we'll have to live with. So uh, we won't violate the law for sure. Yeah, of course. And, and Chancellor, you know, obviously nothing would be the same after, you know, coronavirus, whether, you know, we, we're done with it in a couple of weeks or we're done with it in a year. Um, but do you think these institutional changes will be permanent or do you see somewhere five to 10 years from now, we kind of get back to how it was before? Do you think this is going to be something that we have to implement and, and, and stay with um, permanently? Great question. Yeah, you know, we've, uh, we're learning some lessons, obviously. Um, and I think some of these um, lessons are, are going to be pretty good for our toolbox, but um, in general, no, I think we'll be returning to an environment that's much freer mm -hmm. um, to work, live, and play in than it is now. So I, I expect, in large part, a return. I think we'll do more online education than we used to because I think we've learned that it's, a, it's not a bad supplement to what mm -hmm. we do face-to-face uh, -face on campus. Um, I, I don't think we're all going to walk around um, on campus with PPE for the rest of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> that we're gonna to learn to live with this virus. We, we live with a lot, a lot of viruses in, in our environment. So I, I, I think we're really gonna to learn to cope and to manage this thing 
until we have the vaccine that we need. And uh, so I'm, I'm optimistic and hopeful. And, and no, I think some of these things that, that we don't like, you don't like, I don't like, I don't like restrictions on my freedom either. Right, right, right. That, that we will return to, um, to an operational environment that's much freer than it's going to be over the next uh, 12 months or so. Gotcha. Yeah, and I, I kind of wanted to, we've, we've beat the drum on COVID-19, and I, I want to ask one last question. Um, well, you've already said that it's going to be up to the conferences whether we resume play um, come fall. What, what do you think, from a personal and professional standpoint, what do you think needs to be done so that way we can have football come August, I believe, 28th in Dowdy Ficklin? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's more than a million-dollar question, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's why they I pay mean, me the big bucks. <laughs> yeah. That's what everybody wants to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, if, if, uh, if, if we play that Marshall game, um, and I'd love to, right? I'm ready to suit it up myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Coach Houston is ready. So we're all um, biting at the chop, but we can't bring them back in there if it's not safe. The other part is um, they're not going to come in there if they don't think it's safe. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Right? So we, same old deal. We, we might have some significant restrictions on, on what we can do in there. Um, uh, social distancing and all that kind of thing still might be um, something that we have to cope with and to manage uh, in order to be in that stadium. But I'm very, very hopeful. I am extremely hopeful. I'm, I, maybe I'm optimistic in general, but I am very, very hopeful that um, through the course of the fall, that this thing, um, that we learn how to cope with it, that we respond uh, really well to it, that we get the vaccine that we need, and, and that we can actually be in that stadium um, and root in those. Because I'm, you know, I'm excited about that team. You see what I'm wearing today. Yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> and for those of you listening to the podcast, we don't have a video portion yet, but uh, Chancellor Ron Mitchelson is wearing a ECU football shirt. Um, got, me, got me really pumped up. Here's Artie. What's up, check, Checking just, it just out. Just put a face in the name. <laughs> hey, Artie. Um, but <laughs> – um, I had one – I had a, another question going back to the chancellor search. I know that um, the UNC um, board is going through that right now, um, even during these hard times. What What is something that – I mean, have you heard anything or are you in the running for becoming the next full-time ECU chancellor? That's a good question. That's – you know, it's, it's, uh, this is what I've said to everybody. I've said, I'm here until they find somebody, right? Right. Basically. So the way I look at it is, um, uh, you know, there, it, it's a difficult time. The, the search itself is on pause. Okay. And, and I don't exactly know what that word is. I'm pretty distant from the, from the work. You know, there's a search committee, and, and uh, I know they haven't met for, for quite some time. And uh, I don't think there's, I, I, I know from a, I think President Roper has indi- indicated the word pause. I think Vern Davenport, who's chair of the trustees, has used the word pause. So it's, it's definitely delayed. And, and whether that means uh, I'm, I'm sitting in Spillman in that uh, seat for a while longer, 
you know, how long that might be, I don't, I don't know, but I, you know, I'm not leaving the, I'm not going to, I'm not going to abandon the institution. So mm-hmm. I'm here until um, I'm no longer needed. Okay. And we're glad to have you. And Chance, you know, we, we, we definitely appreciate you taking out the time to, uh, to sit down and talk with us today. And, and we appreciate everything. You know, this is, I don't wish this on anybody to have to navigate the situation that you're in right now. And I think you've done it with grace and I think you've done it excellent. Um, and, and we appreciate, as, as two part alumni, we just want to say we appreciate everything that you guys have done and, and your entire staff. Um, but a little bit of a lighter question, because this is something <laughs> we ask all of our guests. Have, have you listened to the podcast yet? <laughs> I, I, this, is my, this is my first experience, and I apologize for that. You, we're, you, we're new. We're, we're growing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you'll be one of our new full-time listeners. Yeah, you can count on it. Awesome. But I, I remember you saying you were, you've been at EC for 22 years. Um, so I know at some point you have to have been to sup dogs at, at one point and more than one point, more than, (laughs) (laughs) and the question we ask all of our guests, what is, what is your go-to sup dogs order whenever you go? Yeah. Uh, I I don't know what the name of it is, but it's, I mean, it's a burger. I mean, (laughs) it's a burger. I don't do the sweet drinks as much. Okay. Okay. The you know, I'm not into orange crushy crush. stuff and yeah. all that. I, I do I do like a cold glass of beer. We all do. Once all this is over and done with, we'll we'll all have to go back and have a drink at Sup Dogs. All right. Would you would you join me? You'll be my guest, all right? We'll we'll do. I'll oh, let, absolutely I'll let you know when we're in town. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Chancellor, it's been a it's been a real blast uh talking to you. I know we've had some hard hitting questions, but uh we thank you for answering those. And we just want, like, like we've said before on the podcast, we really just want to uh, help convey the, the future of ECU and really bring light to everything that's going on now and maybe give some more information to Pirate Nation. You've really helped us do that today. Um, so, yeah, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for doing that. Thank you for all you're doing um, there in Spillman. Um, it, it, it's really great to see that, now we have a chancellor. We, the last two, you and Dan, um, y'all, y'all have been a bright spot when for so long, uh, I don't want to say names, but for so long to when I, was in a stu- when I was a student and even before I was a student, knowing some of the things that past chancellors, past leadership of the university hasn't been as responsive. And it's great to see that uh, you and Dan and then also – kind of spanning out to the athletic department with athletic director, John Gilbert, kind of being more open to talking with fans and talking with alumni and students. Right. Um, I want to say thank you from all of pirate nation. I know that that's a general consensus over um, from, from everybody here um, as alumni and as students and, and fans in general, but um, thank you again for joining us and thank you for all that you've done for the university. Oh, it's, it's, it, you know, it's a pleasure. I, it's such, I, I take such great pride in being a pirate, right? I, I think it's special. And, uh, and I just, um, so I, I'm appreciative for you, you guys and your efforts to bring this nation together, closer together, keep us all together, informed and moving forward. Um, you, you know, we're, we're still a bright spot out here in the East. and We're going to not change that one bit. Oh, yeah. Amen. <laughs> all right. Well, Chancellor, you have a great rest of your day. Uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon. How's Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Appreciate I'd it. I'd love it. Have safe. a good and day. I, I'll, I'll let you know about that drink at Sup Dogs. <laughs> all right. You better. All right. Bye-bye.
Yeah, so uh, once again, that was a great interview with Ron Mitchelson. We hope you all enjoyed it. Um, I, I know I did, Artie. Yeah. Um, talking to him, kind of seeing, okay, here's the plan. ECU does has, have a plan, and they're continuing to improve and iron out that plan. Mm-hmm. And they have many different options that they can choose from when going back to students on campus, going back to having athletics go on, um, things like that. And I, I hope I hope our listeners actually took something away from that interview. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a fun interview to do with, with a chancellor. It was very tough at times. Like, there's things he was saying that I knew, like, when he was saying them to us, that I was like, man, like, I don't like the way that sounds. Right. But, but in his position, it's, it's – He gets paid – or his job is to make those tough decisions. Mm-hmm. And as much as people may not like the decision that gets made, it's the necessary decision. And he's talked about it um, previously with other interviews, but also with us in that interview. He's talked about, okay, he's here for the long run. He loves the university. He cares about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And he knows that he has to make the tough decision. That way we have a university. We have – um, solvency we have a solution for the future so that way when we continue in like you you asked a question in five ten years mm-hmm. that way this isn't a black spot on ECU this right. isn't a moment in time where we're like man ECU really dropped off it's a time where we're like okay this was they pushed forward this was they a, progressed exactly they adapted the, exactly this was a chance for ECU to really kind of step up make a tough decision, Mm -hmm. but also grow the university and learn from what's going on in today's world. That way we can use it in the future world. Mm -hmm. And, and I know that like at first when we were starting to have this conversation with, with the chancellor, I was at first kind of nervous about asking these questions because I knew that it would be easy to give a cupcake answer. Right, it'd be mm-hmm. easy to kind of take the easy way out, and, and it, say, it would it'd be easy to ask cupcake questions. Yeah, you know, but but that that's something that you and I we agreed on. We sat down and we talked. We said we don't want to ask these cupcake questions. We don't want to we want to hit ask these hard hitting questions. A lot of the times we ask the we want to be the fun podcast. We want to be the lighter podcast. We want to be the place you go to for for actually just having fun and learning about the the environment of our program Mm -hmm. and but this is a much more serious situation right than all the other people that we've talked about we talk about sports sports are a game right right now we're talking about an institution a history Mm -hmm. we're talking about um people's lives at stake so depending on where you stand i mean you can have a multitude of differing opinions. But for me personally, I'm a pirate. I want what's best for ECU, and I hope all of our listeners feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I want what's best for ECU. I hope they feel the same way. I know you do. Yeah. So I hope that that's what you take away from that inter- that interview. Um, those of you that are listening, I hope you take it away that, okay, this whatever decision is made, whatever tough decision was hinted at a couple weeks ago, this tough decision will be made for the betterment of the university. Right. You know, because at the end of the day, we're not all just ECU fans. We're not all just ECU alumni. We're, 
it's more than that. Mm-hmm. We've, ECU has turned into a family. Um, both fans, alumni, students, student athletes, coaches. When you come to EC, that's one of the first things that I've talked to. When I've talked to a lot of coaches, I've talked to a lot of players. When they get to ECU, that's one of the first things they say is, I didn't realize when I decided to come to ECU that I got, when I got hired by ECU, I didn't realize how rabid the fan base was, mm-hmm. how tight-knit the ECU fan base was. But now that they're here, they do. And so that's the one thing I think we can build on as we move forward through these hard times. Remember, just be compassionate with your with your other pirates. Like You can have a discussion, but make sure you're just able to talk with it, talk about what's going on in our world with compassion. And just just know that nobody's an expert on this. Nobody's an Nobody. expert on coronavirus or COVID in this situation that we're in. The only you know, expert on a, corona a, I'm, a I am nation is and as a world. Corona with a lime. That's the only <laughs> corona yeah. expert so I it's, am. It's, it's just, you know, we have to bear with the people, you know, in positions to make these kind of institutional changes. Um, yes, we got to give our feedback. Yes, we got have to give our input. Yes, we have to, you know, give our opinions. But we have to bear with these guys and these women um, that are making these tough decisions. Um, because under any other circumstance, obviously – you know, they wouldn't have to do these things, but it's just about being patient and it's about being respectful and it's just understanding the situation that we're in. Yeah. And I, I really hope that we can have it to where one day we're, where we're looking back at this time and saying, wow, we made the right moves. Mm-hmm. They were tough moves, but we made the right moves and I'm proud of what we've had to overcome. Because that, that's the we've talked about it plenty of times on this podcast. We've talked about the chip on your shoulder mentality. We're going to have to make decisions. ECU as a whole is going to have to make decisions that those other schools that are further west that wear red and the light color blue mm-hmm. or even some of the other schools may not have to make because of where we are as an institution right now. And once we make the decisions, that decision's made. And we're going to have to live with whatever decision is made. But we're going to be able to say, okay, we have a plan. Just like Dr. Ron Mitchelson said, we ha- we'll have a plan. And we're going to get through it. And we can't move on until we make that decision and we get everything prepared for classes to resume. That's first and foremost. Got to have it safe to where students can come back on campus. Right. Then we've got to also have it to where we can say, okay, it's going to be safe. For athletics to start back, mm-hmm. but it's also going to be safe for fans to be there, for officials, for the opposing team to get to the to get to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. That that's something that a lot of times you don't even think about. I mean, yeah, they're chartering a flight, but that, that's something you're not really thinking about. These teams have to go through TSA; they have to do all of that. Still, even though they're going and getting on a plane and they're going through and they don't have to go through the same TSA line, but they have to still go and interact with these people. The it's people a lot of that logistics go, that go into it. The people that go into putting on a game at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. And even if we do it without fans, there's going to be so many people. You're going to have – you're still going to have security. You're still going to have to have the equipment guys there. You're going to have to have the athletic trainers. You're going to have to have all of those people. You're going to have to have – somebody manning the the gate so that the team bus can pull in, right? You're going to have to have the 
hydration staff. You know, I mean, I know that they're part of the athletic trainers, but they're going to have to be there. You're going to have to have adequate testing for all of those people. You're going to have to have all of the right protocols put in place just for a football game to go on. And you're going to have to have testing for the coaches, for the players. If there's anybody that's in the in the stands, you're going to have to maybe have testing for them to make sure that they're not bringing anything into the university. But that's going to all be a decision that's made higher than, honestly, higher than what Dr. Ron Mitchelson has to make. I mean, that's probably going to be made at the state and federal government levels. That's not going to be made at the university level or even at the conference level. That's going to be made higher up, but he's just the guy that has to make the decisions for the university. Yeah, I, one thing that stood out to me, um, he plans on having school return back in the fall, in August, on time. Um, I really appreciate that they are getting together. You know, they're going to have that meeting tomorrow. Um, Depending on when you're listening to this, the, the meeting is on Monday. Yeah, the meeting's on Monday. Yeah, we're May recording 18th. this on Sunday. Um, but as 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 much as I think that's that's a great you know plan for us to get back on time. In order for sports, we are a sports podcast. So I'm gonna flip it back to sports. Um, in order for us to get back to that. I talked about this a few weeks ago. Um, a game without fans is a game with no soul. A game with no soul is no game at all. So if it's not safe for fans to be in the stadium, I don't understand why we would ever think it's okay to have student athletes on the field playing a, playing a football game, playing a baseball game, playing a softball game, playing a soccer game, whatever, vice versa. Um, I've, I've heard on ESPN, I've heard on Fox Sports News, I've heard, I've heard from different outlets that they're really considering bringing just the student athletes back because people are so enamored on their sports. People are so enamored to have sports back. And I, and I would caution against that um, because if it's not safe for people to be in the stadium cheering, why is it safe for these student athletes to travel, to be amongst each other, to be sweating on each other, to be touching each other, yada, yada, yada. But it's not safe for, you know, to have fans in the stands. So um, if we're going to get sports back, it's only going to be because school has resumed on a normal basis. Yeah, and like I school is school is 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 back open. School is and and we, and we talked about this in the interview. There's going to be changes. There's going to be things that 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 are going to go on um, because nothing's ever going to be the same after this. Um, but as far as sports goes, I just I don't agree with bringing just the student athletes back to try and push to have college football start on time when school is not even going to be open on time. so Right. So, I mean, to that point, I mean, I agree that you shouldn't have – you shouldn't have student-athletes coming and competing if students aren't going to class on a, on a normal basis. I, I agree with that standpoint. The one point that I disagree with you on, Artie, is I, I, don't, I don't think that the fans – and I mean, I, I haven't played the sport mm-hmm. – but I don't think the fans being there is that big of a deal for deciding. Well, right. I mean, look, you can you can look, you can play a game with no fans, and you can have a good outcome. But if there's no fans there, what is that telling you? Why can't fans be there? Because it's not safe for them to be there. So why is it safe well, for the athletes to be on the it, field playing each other? It's not safe for them to be there and 
have 50,000 people there sitting right next to each other. But they're not sweating on each other, and they're not well, hitting each other, and you, they're not bleeding on are, each have other. Have you like, been to a game in Dowdy Ficklin in Come August? On, <laughs> Come on, have man. you been to a game there in August? <laughs> I know how it goes in, in, in Rowdy Dowdy, but I'm just saying, it's you can't have one without the other to me. But my thing is, is they're going to have they, – if they – no matter what, if they do decide to start the season, they're going to have to have adequate testing for the athletes and for the coaches, mm-hmm. for the training staff, for all of that, for the medical team, the medical personnel, everybody. They're going to all have to have that adequate testing. But what I'm saying is they don't have to test every – they don't have to have 50,000 tests of fans going in. Now, what happens if we have – let's say we, we start back up, college football starts on time, which is no fans in the stands. You, you play a game, you find out after the game that one of the players on either team tested positive for coronavirus. What do we do then? Do, well, we, do we just go on and uh, say, oh, you know, we're going to take the risk? They no, got coronavirus? No. Or we're going to shut back down again? I mean, how my, do we... My guess, my guess is if somebody pops on a test, that team, the team that they played the week before, the team that they just played, and then any teams that they played in the two weeks before... Are going to be shut down, which means everything is going to get shut but, back down. But what I'm saying is, is they're going to have rapid tests. the The way that I was seeing it on, I was listening to a, I think it was a baseball podcast talking about, okay, what what the MLB is going to be doing to get ready for this. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have basically, they're going to test everybody that's working at the stadium. Before and after each game. So you get tested before you get to the game. They have the rapid test. You get tested after the game. That's going to be something that the conferences and the universities have to figure out. How do we supply all of those tests? Right. How do we get those tests? And that's been the biggest problem with the coronavirus is finding out, okay, where are these tests? How can we get them? Why aren't they more readily available? And I'm not going to get into any of that on the podcast but that's going to be the issue, is making sure that these tests are secure. You know? So they can, hopefully, if, if we're going to have sports, you and I both know, everybody knows, they're going to have to test those people. Mm-hmm. But why not use those tests to test the athletes, the, the coaches that are going to be playing the game? If you're going to have a game, that's why the tests are there. You don't have to bring in the fans. You don't have to bring in all of those people. You bring in the necessary people, and then you use that. You use the TV money to do that. You watch the game on TV. Maybe I'm sure that there's going to be some instances of a social distancing tailgate. Hopefully, mm-hmm. people in Greenville, if there's a game going on, you can still get together and maybe watch the game from. A TV at I don't know in your living room, but you just won't be in the game with fifty thousand people that you don't know. I mean, my, my only my only point is is that I want us to be able to get back to a point where we are doing normal functions as a society. I mean, why are we rushing back to have sports when I still can't even go to the movies? Like I just I just I just want us to be at and a point where I, I don't, if, if if we're not at a point where we just can't do normal. Things in society. Or you haven't been to a movie in two years. Why are we? That's not normal. <laughs> why are we rushing back to have sports? I just the UFC is one thing, 
because you have two men in a cage or two women in a cage fighting each other. And they have those individual tests. And that's why they've been able to come back. But when you have a team sport and you have upwards of 50 to 60 people on one particular team, I mean, the risk is there. It's yeah, always going to be there. So we have to be at a situation where the we're, risk will we're always willing be there. to accept the risk and get back to normal society or now, we're not. I, I will say that like we've gotten to a point in our society where I believe that we can have sports come back in, a, in, a, in some sort of fashion. But I'm not, I, don't want, I don't want this to be thought of. I don't want pe- the people listening to think, okay, Jared just wants his sports back. No, I, yes, I want my sports back. But no, I don't want it back if we can't do it safely and without adequate testing. And once again, that's why the people at the university, the people at the conference level, state and federal government level, yeah. they're going to have to make a decision. This whole episode goes back to making tough decisions. And we're going to eventually get to that point to where someone makes that decision and lays out the ground rules for how this all returns. Yeah. But we're going to have to get to a point. And that, the one thing that kind of has upset me from the standpoint of all this coronavirus is, okay, and I'm going to get on a little bit of a soapbox here, y'all, so just please bear with me. The thing that kind of upsets me, and I've seen some other people saying the same thing, is when all this started in March, it was all about, okay, we got to flatten the curve. The curve's been flattened. At least here in North Carolina, the curve's been flattened for about three weeks now. Right? So, what? what? Like, do we have to have a cure? Do we have to have a, a antivirus, antibiotic? What I don't I'm not a scientist I don't know I'm just a guy that is a fan of sports I want to know why has well, how, why has that changed The bottom line is states are reopening Yeah states are reopening businesses are reopening and what that tells me as an American citizen is that either we have like you said flattened the curve and we're starting to decline or we have accepted that there is a risk and we've just accepted the risk and we're going to keep on about our daily business But either way States are reopening. It's not like we are backing off and saying, no, 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 no. Look, everybody, please stay inside. This, is, this, is, this isn't going anywhere. Well, states other than like California and New York, which they should stay closed. But I just, to me, personally. when states reopen, you're telling me, okay, we're getting back, we're getting back to normal. Yeah. That's what you're telling me. Yeah. And if that's not what you're telling me, why the hell are states reopening? And the, the one thing, I mean... You've got the United States of America. At one point, you got to think, okay, well, why doesn't, why don't we make this decision as a totality of states saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. But at the same time, I understand why the other side is saying, okay, well, I'm not going to wait for California, who says that we have to wait for the next year right, if, to if, reopen. If you're in- I know that they just said three months, but... California, where the cases are skyrocketing, or exactly. Alabama, where they're not that high. It's, it's a difference. I, I, I understand the difference. I understand the politics in it. I, I get it. I'm just ready for – I mean, I'm, if I, I'd be lying if I said I'm ready, not ready for – I'm so ready for sports to come back. I'm just ready. I need something in my life. And, and the last point I'm going to make on it, and, I, and I'm not arguing against sports coming back. I'm and, just saying when Marshall comes to ECU – in the fall, 
I don't want there to be an empty Dowdy. I want it to be full. And I agree. I want it to be full. So do, And so do I. But at some point, you've got to make a decision, okay, this is what we're going to do. And if, I mean, you get so many conflicting opinions based on this, all this stuff that nobody in, in their right mind can say, yeah, that's the actual factual event. Mm. That's what's going on in the world. You know, you don't, nobody knows anything. Our government doesn't know anything. I sure as hell don't know a damn thing about this shit. <laughs> like, that, that's the thing. I'm so ready for us to finally have somebody that says, okay, this is what's going on, y'all. But nobody's going to do that. And no, it doesn't, that's the one thing that, when it comes to this coronavirus, I would say, yeah, that's the one thing that's pissed me off the most. Yeah. Not that we don't have sports, but that nobody knows the damn thing. You know, like, somebody figure it out. And bottom line, we're all, we're all impatient. We're all tired. And, and shout out again to our nurses and our doctors who are still working exactly. a whole hell of a lot harder than we are. We're, we're just two guys talking out. about sports, recording right. a podcast, drinking some So, you know, still shout beer. out to them actually, you know, fighting this thing and trying to get our lives back to normal. Yeah, and I, I know that they're we're fighting. we're impatient. I, I know they're fighting for it, and I, I thank all of those people. I just, yeah, that's the, that's the right way to say it. We're impatient. I'm impatient. I'm ready for my sports to be back. I'm tired of watching reruns of Friends in the Office. <laughs> as much as I love both of those shows, I'm tired of watching it. Mm-hmm. I want to go back. I want to see my Braves play. I want to see my Hurricanes play. I want to see the Falcons play come football season. I want to see yep. my. I want to see ECU run right the fuck over USC come that game in Columbia. Hopefully. <laughs> All I'm saying is I want to see these games happen. And I think eventually you've got to come to a point to where, okay, we flattened the curve enough. Now we need to make a decision. Let's stop moving the goalposts and making it impossible for this world to ever start back up. That's all I'm going to say is somebody needs to come, come to a conclusion. What is the number? What is the benchmark that we have to hit mm-hmm. for everything to be like, okay, we can start reopening everything. But I, I, I will say we have talked about this long enough, and I know our fans are getting upset. So Yes, somebody's probably beating their steering yeah. wheel so hard that they're about to make the airbag pop out. We will switch it over to some more light, light-hearted Ole news, do I should it. say. Um, five graduate transfers boom, have boom. committed to East Carolina football in the last few weeks. Um, let's talk about that for a little bit, Jared. Um, Avery Jones, I know, is one. Justin Chase, two linemen. Um I think Avery Jones was from North Carolina. North Carolina, the newest one. Uh, Justin Chase, NC State. Yep, that state school. He, he in, came. In he came to the the dark side, as as some would say. <laughs> Arkansas running back uh, Chase Hayden, and then uh, uh, obviously uh, the Alabama cornerback Nigel Knott. And so, roll tide. All five of those guys, welcome to Pirate Nation. We're extremely happy to have you. Um, how do you feel? About these, about these guys coming in? I mean, do you think they'll have an immediate impact? or? I mean, I, th- I think they will. All, all the guys that are transferring in, they have immediate eligibility. That is huge. That's mm-hmm. key that they all have that immediate eligibility coming into this year. Um, most of them have two years of eligibility. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the newest one, Chris Willis, coming from App State, he, uh, I think he only has one year of eligibility. So 
what, the way I'm looking at it is Coach Houston, and he said he was going to be busy on on the transfer game. Right. Um, he's really just kind of taking taking stride and made sure that okay, this team like it was a young team last year, mm-hmm. a young inexperienced team. He's done it in one year, gone and said okay, we're not only a experienced team. We've gotten better. We've gotten some big time guys right. that know how to win. And I don't, I don't know if I mentioned Chris Willis, uh, defensive from App State that we got as well. That's that's number five. Um, what I like is that we're still in guys away from in-state schools. I yeah, mean, we stole a guy, away, stole a guy, guy away from App State, stole a guy away from UNC, stole a guy away from NC State. We're taking our competition's players, and I, you know, as a pirate, I like that. Yeah, know? and I mean, all of, all of them are grad transfers, so they've all spent, they've all done their work at those other institutions. Right. But it it is nice to see. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna go to Greenville for a year or mm-hmm. two and do my job, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get better. I'm gonna grow. I'm gonna grow a program. I know what it takes to win, and I'm gonna go on and hopefully have a career in the NFL. So I mean, that that's something that I mean, I'm I'm super excited for. Um, Especially, I, I really like looking at uh, this Avery Jones and the Chris Willis. I mean, Chris Willis, I mean, he's played in 25 games when he was at Appalachian State. Yeah. He had 39 tackles, um, nine tackles for loss, four sacks. He had one forced fumble, I know. And he missed all of it last season with an injury. So, as long as some of these guys, like we've talked about in the previous podcast, as long as these guys can stay healthy and get healthy, we're looking at, I mean, some – Big time dudes, some some. I want to. I mean, I honestly just want to call them. I'll, we're gonna have some dogs out there. Yeah, that, and that's what we've been lacking. We've had some big guys, some guys that can really make plays, but like we haven't had dogs out there, man. Like we we haven't had somebody that says, "All right, I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna punch somebody in the mouth because I'm an I'm an ECU pirate, and that's what I do." And and one thing I I appreciate about these transfers, you know, I, I talked about it with Nigel not a little bit. But with Chris Willis, I mean, these, these are two guys that are from winning programs. You know, as much as you might not like App State, I know, I know we're an ECU podcast. App State is a winning football program. They win. They win a lot. They win pretty much every year. They might not be in a competitive conference or yeah. division. And they're, I know they're, they're bas- the Sun Belt. They're basically an but, FCS. But they win. And Chris Willis, is he's used to winning. And he's, like I said, a locker room changer. You know, Nigel Knott can come in. And instill in these guys, hey, I'm used to winning. This is the, we got to have a winning type of mentality, a winning type of culture. I don't, I don't give a damn who we playing. I don't, we can go on any field, in any country, anywhere, and we're gonna line up. We're gonna twelve or uh, eleven on eleven, and we're we're just gonna get to it. You know what I mean? And and that's what I appreciate. Those guys coming from those winning programs, maybe coming kind of being locker room guys that can kind of instill that winning mentality. Not just because it can't just be the coaches. You know, the coaches do their job, but it has to be the guys in the trenches. It has to be the guys in the locker room, too. Some of the, some of the players that really get these guys motivated to want to go out and win every single Saturday. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it, it's been really good to see that, okay, we've had all these grad transfers over the couple last couple of weeks. And to see, okay, yeah, this, this um, staff really knows what they're doing. They're putting together something to build and to grow on, um, on, on the program. And mm-hmm. that, that's probably the thing that excites me the most is, is seeing what they're doing, doing now. So, yeah, I mean, 
we've got some big time guys coming in, and I, I just I'm, I'm excited to see them. Hopefully, we can play the the season this year. Absolutely. I I would hate to I, honestly like this isn't me just being a a homer or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that if we play this season, you're looking at a team that goes from four and eight to a team that goes seven and five. Eight and four ish, because we. I think eight and four is a little stretch. It, it's a stretch, but we've got enough guys that know how to win and can make that change in the locker room. But I, I will say that six and six is what we absolutely should be this year. Yeah. I mean, making a bowl game is something that we should be able to accomplish. You yeah. know, so I, I I definitely agree with you. I don't I don't I don't know if I see eight wins. And um, I, I know that's a stretch. Yeah, but, I, I but know for six a fact wins, a seven wins. Yeah, absolutely. That that is absolutely a goal that we should be able to achieve by this football season. So very excited about these graduate transfers. Very excited to see what Coach Houston is doing out there in Greenville. And you know, if if everything lines up the way uh, the chancellor says, everything should line up. We should be back playing football in the fall. So yeah, and so already I say um, we've gone on long enough today. There's really not much going on in in the world other than the coronavirus, and we've talked about that. We beat that drum. Mm-hmm. I kind of went off on a tangent. I'm sorry <laughs> about that, but um, already I say let's go ahead and start wrapping this thing up so that um, we we can get get on with our lives and hopefully everybody enjoyed this podcast. Um, we thank you all for listening. Uh, we hope that you really took something away from this interview with Chancellor Ron Mitchelson. Um, I know I did. Already I I think. I can speak for you. Yeah, absolutely. I did. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know you did. But, um, yeah, let us know what you think. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're all there. Um, I'm still working on the website. Now that I've gone back to work, I honestly haven't had time to work on (laughs) anything other than what we do here on Sundays Mm -hmm. and what what I do at work. So it's been been super busy. But, um, yeah, keep letting us know. Keep giving us feedback. Make sure you ask us questions using the hashtag Boneyard Bounty. Um, that, that's huge. Ask us questions, people. Ask us some questions. Get on Twitter and ask us some questions. We want to answer your questions. We're, we're going to be dropping um, another episode later on this week with Worth Gregory, former punter at ECU, former Alabama punter. Um, we had a blast doing that interview, talking to Worth. It wasn't even really an interview. It was just us shooting the shit, talking. <laughs> um, three guys talking about sports. It, it, it was really cool. Had some great insight from him about coming in from Alabama. So you're going to want to listen to that. We're going to drop it on Thursday or Friday. That way you can listen to it on your way to the beach, on your way to wherever you're going. I know a lot of us are still social distancing, but mm-hmm. then phase two of, of Governor Cooper's plan is to be re, reopening the next phase on Friday. So hopefully we can look forward to that. Um, and then also be on the lookout. We're, we're going to be dropping some content on – our social media channels, maybe doing some Facebook Live, some Twitter live stream or Absolutely. Instagram Live, uh, just kind of getting in touch with y'all. We're going to be out there. We're going to be talking. We're going to be drinking some beer. Uh, y'all can Maybe we'll come up with a drinking game that y'all can play with us at home. Be on the lookout for that. That'll be uh, probably Saturday or Sunday. We're going to have a blast out on the beach. Me and Artie, we're going to take next week off. But we are going to drop some more content later on this week. So, yeah. Artie, do you have anything else? Jared said it all. Um, Maybe not next week, but until we see you again, Power Nation, enjoy 
your Memorial Day weekend. Be safe. Be safe. Have fun. That's number one. And uh, stay healthy. We love y'all. All right, y'all. Peace. We out. <laughs>